All right, three, two, one. What up, Long Beach? Welcome back to another episode of the LB Fee Show. As always, this bi-weekly conversation about Long Beach State Athletics is hosted by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and across the Zoomiverse, he's Mike Arabasio. Is there still a world outside of the Zoomiverse, or do we all live in the gallery view boxes, just like oh, full-time? That's what it feels like, yeah. We're trying to fill all of our personality in an inch-by-inch box. Uh, very happy to have you guys here for a very special episode of the LBP show. We will be joined by Dirtbags head coach Eric Valenzuela in a couple of minutes. But first, got to welcome on the man of the hour, the king of the Zoomiverse, Andy Fee, <laughs> Long Beach State Athletic Director. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing well. I feel like this is a Brady Bunch episode where I'm, I'm looking kind of down in a corner and smiling at Mike and, you know, I got Roger to my, to my left. And yeah, this is, a, as we keep saying, a very, very odd thing, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting more and more used to it. And, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be able to at least uh, spend time with you guys today. How many hours a day would you guess you spend on Zoom calls? Uh, too many, actually. And now, now you see these rebound articles about how to deal with Zoom and how it's so exhausting and what you should be doing on your Zoom calls. Um, I, I probably average, I'm going to say five a day at this oh point. God. And it, it's exhausting. I mean, I, I joke now about it um, because I kind of go like, well, how is it that exhausting? But mentally, you it's know, more the... Tiring. the yeah, it's and I was reading an article. It's about these subtle things of which you don't realize when when you're with somebody in person, you can read body language, you know, pretty easy. Now I'm I'm looking at faces, which clearly I, I can see smiles or frowns, but you can't really see the body language. So your mind is trained to try and assess body language. So your mind is actually exhausting itself during these Zoom calls, trying to see what it can't see. So. Right. You know, first world problems, but uh, no, but no, but I actually I, I read the same article and there's like another piece of research that it was like in addition to your brain is like your your internal CPU is running at like two x trying to figure all that stuff out. But the other thing is that when you're in person, if say when we have coach on a little bit later, if you and JJ and he were talking that's when I would go to like scratch my butt or something, right? Like in my right. brain, it powers down a little bit. Like, okay, you're off stage for 30 seconds. And when you're on a Zoom call and everyone's flat and making eye contact all the time, there's also like a, an exhausting effect to your brain of being on stage <laughs> all the time. R really, like that's what the researchers are saying. And I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense because I think we've had the same thing. Like why am I, you know, if JJ and I hung out an hour for an hour in person to talk about stories, it would basically just be like hanging out with your friend and then you leave and it's yeah. good. When you're on Zoom for an hour, you get off and you feel like you just ran five miles. I mean, it's a really bizarre thing for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. And I, and I know we're all trying to be conscious of that, but uh, I don't you know. You got to talk to each other. I mean, right? That's I mean, right. You know. <laughs> well, you're looking great, Andy. The most professional background <laughs> I've seen on a Zoom call. <laughs> Rocking the, rocking the LB in the background. It's, it, it looks like you just got out of a game and you're doing a post-game press conference. You know, this is, this is the presser. This is, it's, this it's is better, the presser, you know. Yeah. He's got a better background than my bedroom window. Is that what you're saying, JJ? Is that a, that a <laughs> yeah, Mike. Yeah. He's using it's the, it's the, he, it's the, I was going to say, it's the little things. And I take no credit for this background. Someone on, someone on campus <laughs> designed this, but... Uh, you know, I've, I've become the Zoom background guy. I, it's my little running joke for certain meetings. I'll, I went on a run down through Second Street, and a guy I work with, uh, the, the house he grew up in, 
I ran by it. I took a picture of it. I put that in the background when I had my Zoom call nice. with him. So, you know, Roger's now at the beach. I mean, this yeah. is, uh, you know, the little <laughs> things to escape the Zoom craziness. Uh, so uh, as we get into the show, like we mentioned, Eric Valenzuela coming up, we're going to talk to him about what he's telling his players in these uncertain times and uh, actually talk about him playing a baseball game. So you have to, you have to stick around and hear about that. But before we get there, Andy, we have to talk about the day of giving uh, that you guys had a successful one uh, as you drive to uh, 49. Yeah, it was a, a fantastic day. And first and foremost, again, thank you to, to everybody who, who made an investment that day in our economic future and, and those that continue to make gifts um, to help ensure that, that, that we're viable and, and can do the things we want to do, which is cultivate leaders and champions. And, you know, credit to, to Camden Stockton uh, and, and our development staff, our coaches. I mean, it, as I always say, it takes a village, so it, it's not one person, but um, you know, credit to, to Camden Stockton for putting that day together and being the, uh, the conductor, the, uh, the maestro, so to speak, during the day through one event after another. But, uh, you know, investing in, in what we're talking about, which is, um, you know, you're going to talk to Coach Valenzuela about players and, you know, bringing back seniors. We've talked about that on other podcasts. All those things <laughs> obviously take funding, takes money, right? And, um, you know, we've, gotten you know news that isn't great last week you know along with every other californian you know the, the news of a 53.4 billion dollar deficit and and yes that's what i just said uh and its impact on you know not just the the macro level of the state but the micro level of an athletic department like ours yeah i i wanted to talk to you about that andy i've been um talking to uh education leaders in the city about it this week you know, the governor is sort of on, on the one hand laid out, this is what it would take for everyone to get back to school in person. Um, and they're all tremendously expensive ideas, you know, I mean, even for the colleges about you'd lower, you'd limit the number of enrollment in classes so that there'd be more space between people and everything. But, you know, the effect of that would be you'd have to hire more professors, right? I mean, same thing for sports. If you guys have to have a lower capacity in the pyramid for a basketball game or a Blair Field for, for a, a baseball game, that means you can sell less tickets. At the same time as these ideas are sort of being floated, you get this figure that there's a 53 plus billion dollar deficit. Um, and just so people are aware, I mean, you know, the university and the school district and the community college, all of those employees are funded through that state budget. And those are the biggest employers in the city. So what are you, I mean, you guys are obviously a long ways from specifics about what those ramifications will be. But how much of a flashing red light are you trying to turn on for people in the community, whether that's sports fans or just people who are planning on sending a kid to the school, um, that, you know, they really should be prepared for this to be kind of a painful process this next year or two? Yeah, I mean, it's, as I keep saying, too, it's, it's becoming comfortable being uncomfortable and, you know, having to accept what um, unfortunately, is probably the future, at least for the next year or so, of, of what things are going to be like. Uh, you know, budgets are going to be cut. There's, there's, there's no way to, to not do that. Um, it's the question of how much are we cutting budgets and funding um, to deliver an experience that, that hopefully makes a difference. And as we keep saying, you know, cultivates leaders and champions. But, you know, I, I've talked to our coaches, um, you know, we don't have a lot of specifics, but I'll, I'll give you an example of things that, that we're considering. 
Uh, I have a, a Zoom call later today, uh, my weekly Zoom call with the other Big West athletic directors. And we're going to be talking about uh, travel rosters and travel parties. Um, as a conference, will we limit the number of people? You know, in the past, um, the numbers were, were set and higher. I mean, we'd have three managers on a trip and, you know, 17 basketball players. I mean, you know, just not crazy numbers, but crazy today um, in the sense of, you know, all of those things cost money and it's the death by paper cuts routine of, you know, how do we stop bleeding? It's kind of like, uh, I feel like the little Dutch boy a little bit trying to, to plug these, these leaks in, in the dike. And I think that our coaches have been great. They understand the need and they've been proactive as, as we've been working on budgets for next year. Again, it's still a little bit up because we just got hit with this news and trying to process that not only as a department, but, but our campus as well. Um, but, you know, that's why things like giving day are so important. You know, we have to understand that, yes, we're going to have to do this differently. And we've, we've always had to do it differently at a place like Long Beach State, a mid-major. You know, we always say we do more with less and we're going to have to continue that. And we can complain about it. And as an athletic director, I can gripe all day about it's not fair. And this is, you know, but the, but the virus doesn't care about that what we have to do is address how do we continue forward because we have to continue forward um, in what we're doing because one, the most important thing is that these student athletes are working towards a degree. So, um, you know, giving day is a big step. And so, you know, thank you to everybody who's invested in, in beach athletics. And a little bit goes a long way, right? It, it does take just a little bit from everybody all the time to keep something like this going. Yeah, you know, the entry level to get in at $49, you know, uh, acknowledgement of the 49er history here at Long Beach State. And, uh, you know, someone might say, well, what does $49 do? But it's, it's always the duplicate, right? It's like the, the saying, well, what's my vote worth, right? If I'm one person, what does my vote count in November? Well, if everybody votes, all those votes matter. So, uh, you know, we need people to come in at $49. Uh, if they can do more, we're appreciative. We understand that that people are all having to make decisions economically during these times. But, you know, as Mike referred to a little earlier, if we're just going to talk in the, the macro of, of education, you know, whether it's, you know, my wife who's a kindergarten teacher or, you know, one of our professors here on campus or the high school teacher, you know, we need to resource those teachers. I mean, I mean, <laughs> if, if we want to have a future that that has leaders and champions, because these young people are going to be the ones that have to, to continue on with everything that we're facing today and, and make the world a better place. So um, difficult decisions for sure. But, uh, you know, you can jump in and make a difference at, at that level, no doubt. Um, I'll just say one more word on that, and then we'll get to our special guest, uh, Eric Valenzuela, the head coach of the, of the Dirtbags. Um, I think something that we need to understand is uh, JJ and I were just starting our journalism career in 2008 when the last kind of financial crisis hit, um, and it, it was nowhere near the size of the deficit that I think we're going to be looking at in the next two years here. Um, the city had to literally come together and decide sort of collectively, what things do we value that we want to keep around? And I mean, there was a big movement made through the Century Club to help keep the university from having to cut sports. There was a movement to keep the school district from cutting middle school sports, which were on the chopping block. Um, the municipal band that plays the concerts in the park over the summer was on the chopping block. And I would just urge people to start thinking about that now, rather than when you see the headline that um, blank thing I love is going to be cut. Because if you value a strong public education system, a strong university, the sports programs at Long Beach State, 
um, you can help by starting to financially support those things if you're able now, as opposed to when everyone gets the horrifically scary budgets. Um, you'll make it easier for those leaders, whether that's Andy or someone in the school district, wherever, to go to their bosses and say, well, look at the movement we've already had to support this. And this was before the scary headlines came out. So I really do encourage people uh, to go sign up, you know, join $49 uh, if you've got it. Um, if you've got a check from the government that's come in and you, you want to throw $49 to making sure that you can still go see the dirtbags or whoever next year, because uh, these cuts will come down to stuff that right now you can't imagine would be cut. Um, and I'm going to throw a plug for Naples Rib Company in here before we transition to our guests as well. If there's a restaurant you like that supported everyone, right now is the time to be supporting that restaurant. Um, and uh, as we get ready to bring on our special guest, I'll just point out the 562 as well is a nonprofit. That's right. Um, and sincerely from us as well. I mean, if you'd like us to be covering high school football, whenever high school football comes back, whenever uh, the Long Beach State women's soccer and women's volleyball teams are coming back, we need your support as well. Uh, we have been continuing to cover and interview these coaches and teams and athletes about what uh, shutdowns they're having. We'll be having a couple of dirt bags on our podcast on the 562.org later this week as well. So please be sure to support everyone that you want to see make it through this crisis. We now welcome on our special guest, Dirtbags head coach, Eric Valenzuela. And I can see over this Zoom call that he has been working hard on that mustache. You're looking good, coach. Hey, you know what? I got these, you know, a couple months here. So I'm just trying to, uh, you know, hey, experimenting with different things, you know, shave the beard, leave the mustache. It's for my, my kids that just laugh at me every day, you know, something new. I even cut my own hair for the first time and since high school, you know, so hey. Why not? You know? <laughs> yeah, you're looking, you're looking very, uh, very 80s MLB right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look like, uh, like Fernando Valenzuela. How about there you that? go. Back in the day, you know. There so. you go. That 34 always looks good, man. How, how, how are you and your family doing right now? Oh, we're good. You know, it's, it's uh, obviously a uh, um, you know, different time in our lives. And my, my family's used to me being on the road and not being home very often, at, you know, very much at this point um, in the spring. But um you know after that initial you know he's still with the players and you still miss it obviously big time but there's just a point where you know you gotta appreciate this time with with the family and the kids and you know still grinding and, and getting as much done as you can but you know being able to spend quality time with with the family is is uh you know i'm definitely cherishing it so on the five stages of grief for the uh, 2020 season, have you reached acceptance yet? Or are you still <laughs> looking at the schedule every weekend? Like, this is what I should be doing right now. This is who we should be playing right now. Well, I think what gets me over that is, is the fact that, you know, we want to definitely continue this momentum that we started and that the boys started. So we're, we're trying to work, you know, every week to, to figure out how during this time we're going to continue to get better and, and how we're going to continue to, to elevate the program to, you know, to higher level levels. So communication with the players and having Zoom meetings with Andy and having, you know, talking about, you know, how we're going to move forward and continue to get this thing on the rise is, is has really kept me busy a little bit. And, you know, communication with my coaches and figuring out a plan of what what's to come next and how we're going to, you know, continue to improve because this is, it's a difficult time right now. And it's really easy to just, you know, take a day and say, you know what, I'm not going to do something more the next day. And then it becomes habit. And that's what I'm trying to get out of our players, make sure that doesn't happen to these guys and that they're staying busy and having a routine and, and um, you know, so that way they're, they continue to be ready. I think the best thing that can happen for our guys is that, and myself uh, is that 
the more time we're away from the game, you're going to miss it. So when it's time to come back, they're going to be hungry and ready to go. So I don't you think know, just I, I don't think just you guys either, but I think the whole community, like every like I think a hundred thousand people in Long Beach would like to be at a dirtbags game tomorrow, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Coach, what is the plan for, for your players this summer? What do you want them to be doing? Yeah, and, and a lot of it, we, we really had to be kind of patient to see how this thing was going to play out, you know. Um, you know, summer ball for us is our bloodline. Like, that is my bloodline. I, I think that it's the most, uh, you know, when, it, when you talk about development for not only baseball, but just them as people, I think going to play summer ball is super important. Um, and so even though you really can't make it mandatory, we really want them to go out and play. Uh, because I think, number one, you know, these guys want to play professional baseball. They want to play at the next level. Going out for 10 weeks in the summer to Fairbanks, Alaska, or Bethesda, Maryland, you know, these small towns, um, you know, to play, to be with the host family for 10 weeks, to ride on buses for eight hours. You know, you live that minor league lifestyle. Um, and I think it's so huge, you know, for these guys in their development. Um, but, uh, now what we're going to do for the first time is, you know, with this going on here, um, is we are communicating with them and obviously, you know, their families with how we're going to go about this. So a lot of the summer leagues are, are, are closing. So they're not playing. So we're kind of just being patient with, you know, what's happening with these summer leagues and then making sure that we have communication with our players as well as with the families and make sure we're on the same page with this moving forward. And so, you know, what we've put together so far is, you know, everybody's going to kind of stay home, whether it's at Long Beach in their apartments um, or at home where they are. And then we're going to kind of just see what happens with the summer. And some of these local teams may have opportunities for our guys to get some at-bats, um, you know, and, and so they're going to continue to get their work in. We have a good strength and conditioning plan for them. You know, the pitchers are going to start a good arm strengthening program for the summer. Um, and then, you know, the position players are going to continue to work out and, and, uh, you know, if there's opportunities that come apart and it's safe and we're all on the same page with it, then they'll you know, hopefully have those opportunities to play. And if not, you know, we'll be fine. And we're going to, you know, their safety is the most important thing. And, and, um, and we're going to make sure we do the right thing. So we'll, we'll be ready to go in the fall. And, and again, we don't even know what's going to happen with the fall. You know, we don't know if, uh, you know, there's, there's so much that can change now. So we're kind of just making sure we're being patient and not, not really getting ahead of ourselves here. But, um, but, you know, again, we're doing as much as we can from, you know, what we can do right now and where we are. So. You're a a baseball coach, lifelong baseball guy, obviously, but you're also a huge baseball fan. Um, What are you hoping happens with major league baseball? I think everyone started looking at that early July proposal. Um, What are you, you know, what do you have your fingers crossed for? What are, what are your hopes for being able to, you know, at least, watch some games and, and talk about the sport a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everybody's missing baseball and um, you know, everybody's got that, that itch. And, and so, you know, with that proposal, it looks like possibly July, you know, um, and it could be at spring training facilities. It could be, um, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, the divisions can change, all this stuff can change. And it's, it's just crazy how much, how much has changed in our lives right now when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what happens. And again, it's kind of just making all these players, I'm sure, hungry to get back and, and to do it. You know, my, the one thing I worry about a little bit is, you know, the safety of a lot of these guys, you know, especially when it comes to us, when you're talking about summer ball, which is why for the pitcher's sake, you know, I, I've really, we're going to, we're going to kind of do it differently with kind of an arm strengthening program because, 
you know, it's just like these MLB guys or, or minor leaguers, you know, if, if they're used to a routine and getting their arms, you know, at this date ready and bullpens ready. And all of a sudden, you know, they, all of a sudden the season's going to start or there's going to be a spring training. And some of these guys, if they haven't worked or they haven't, uh, you know, been preparing for it, because again, we're supposed to stay indoors. So, you know, how often can you get out and do that stuff? You know, I mean, that, that could uh, create some, and you know, hopefully there's enough time in there where these guys can get out and get their, you know, their, their, uh, their body working and their arms back. Um, otherwise we could see some, you know, some, some injuries here with guys rushing back to try to just play, you know. Speaking of Major League Baseball, the abbreviated draft is coming up on June 10th. You and I spoke yesterday about who you think might have a chance of getting picked in the five rounds. And Adam Seminaris came up. You, you said you've been talking to scouts and they like Seminaris. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of scouts and they've called me. And, and again, the draft is, is, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, it, it's, it's hard for these young guys because, you know, we've done it for so long and, and you know, they get their hopes up and, and then, you know, there's some disappointment. And in this case, this could be even more. At least, you know, sometimes disappointment is, well, I didn't get drafted in the top five rounds or top 10 rounds like I was, like I heard I was, and I got drafted in the 20th round. Well, you know, you can get your hopes up that you're going to get drafted in the top five rounds and then not get drafted at all. And so, you know, this is a, it's a real difference. So, you know, I've talked to Adam, you know, a lot and, and, um, and talked to uh, a lot of scouts about him. And he's, you know, I mean, he's definitely in the mix. The good thing about Adam, and, and as you guys know, I mean, he's so grounded and he's such a good kid and he's such a good worker. And, and, um, and you know, he said numerous amount of times that, hey, I, you know, I, I love it here and, and I have no problem coming back and doing it again. And, and uh, but, you know, if he gets that opportunity and, you know, that's, that, that would be great. And, you know, that's what we want. We want guys to come in and, and we want guys to perform and do their thing and, and then go chase their dream after three years. That's a, that's a good situation. Then they come back in the off season and go back to school, get their degree. And, and it's a perfect situation. They get to the big leagues and, and uh, you know, that's great. So, uh, but again, obviously we'd welcome him with open arms to come back and, and continue, yeah. his continue, <laughs> continue his development and get better. I think he's got, I think he got better in, you know, in, in the time that, that uh, you know, we've been here. And, and so he, he's just a good worker and, and he's fun to be, you know, be part of our, our you know, lead our pitching staff. And so, um, you know, we'll see what happens. We've got our fingers crossed because, you know, obviously we want what's best for him and, and that's a great opportunity. But if he came back, he would come back as a junior because of that eligibility relief that the NCAA gave. Some seniors also coming back as well for you guys. That's the plan? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that, that was a special group. You know, those guys have been through so much and, and um, you know, what they were able to, to do this year and get these guys, uh, you know, right was, was great. And so we welcome them all back. They all want to come back. They're there's a lot of work right now to be done. You know, Martha Grace, uh, who's our academic advisor, has been unbelievable and just she has a lot of work on her hands because you got these guys that are graduating, you know, and now they have to find, uh, you know, they're, they're finding master's programs or credential programs or whatever to try to, you know, minors that they got to take something to, to, you know, get them to fulfill that. I mean, this was all unexpected, right? You got seven seniors that you know, this was going to be their last year, all of a sudden, now they got, you know, they graduate. So what are they going to do? Maybe they didn't have plans to go and get their master's yet or get a teaching credential or whatever. So, you know, she's been grinding, working really hard to, uh, you know, get these guys back. And I'm pumped that they want to come back. You know, I think that's the other thing. I think uh, all these guys, um, you know, brought something to the table, brought something different to the table in, in really good ways. And, and uh, I mean, you saw the energy, you saw, you know, the way these guys played and they performed and, and, 
So, you know, of course we want, we want them to come back. And, and um, so we're excited about it. It's still, you know, uh, the, you know, with the draft now and free agent signings, you know, they have till once the draft hits, then they have to August 1st to, you know, to make a decision on if they're going to, you know, if a free agent signing is going to happen. So we have a couple of those seniors that may get an opportunity to play professional baseball and sign a minor league contract. So again, there's some you know stuff that's up in the air still, and we won't know possibly to August 1st, you know, with some of these seniors. So lots up in, you know, lots up in the air right now, but again, exciting, you know, that these guys are pumped that they want to be back. They, they loved it. They enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I, I welcome them back. Sure. Um, Coach, you know, we've talked about this conceptually on this podcast and on, uh, on our podcast as well. Um, you're a positive guy. And so you're, you know, you're seeing this stuff as a positive, which I think is, is a great way to view it. But there's no doubt that this is also kind of a logistical nightmare um, in terms of the way that classes are scheduled um, for recruiting classes. You guys have been really active on the recruiting trail, putting together a great class. Um, and for those who don't know by NCAA regulation, you're not allowed to talk about those players individually, but you can talk about the process, right? How do right. you handle that? You know, you're talking to us about the uncertainty of the roster. Usually when you're going out and recruiting kids, there's no uncertainty, particularly about the roster. You sort of have an idea of this is what the team is going to look like. This is what we envision your role. How do you handle you and your assistant coaches handle just that logistical crunch of, it's going to be a bigger team here. It's going to be a bigger team everywhere. You know, how are you guys sort of talking to the high school kids about that process? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, it starts with the guy that's right here. You know, our boss, Andy Fee, who, who has just been unbelievably supportive of, of everything that we've done and, and, you know, just a great leader for our department. So I think that's where it starts. You know, when you have, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are changed. We're, we're obviously in a tough situation right now. And so is everybody in our, you know, in our in the big college baseball world, you know, but we have support from your administrator, your boss and stuff and, and willing to talk about it and work it out. It, it just, it makes so much things easier, you know? Yeah. It, it's a, it's definitely a different time. You know, when you basically add another class, right. When you look at it this way, you got the freshmen, you know, you got Devro Harrison, you got these guys that were freshmen this year and then, you know, they're freshmen again. And then you have a freshman class coming in you basically have two freshman classes in one. Right. And that's right. not even counting everybody else moving forward. And so, again, you know, how are you going to look at this? Are you going to, you know, cry about it and, and not, you know, and, and argue and complain and this, or you just have to figure it out, man. And you just got to, you know, you got to take a step back. You got to communicate with your players um, and you got to, you know, you got to be honest with guys. And, and this is a situation that we, you know, that, that never has happened before. And so you have to make some adjustments. Um, you know, you talk, you know, you talk to the younger guys. And the high school guys nowadays, they're so informed with social media. They read everything. They have a lot of help from coaches. And, and so, again, it's just it's kind of just going back and, and communicating with these guys, telling them, uh, you know, what the facts are. And, and, um, and again, if you're, if you're beating around the bush with these guys, it's just not going to work. And so you just have to be honest with families. You have to be honest. And, again, it's, I think if you've done it right, it's not, a, it's not such a big adjustment. The adjustment is – you know, I would say is probably the roster size. And again, you know, we're not trying to jump to conclusions here. There's a lot of things that can happen. I mean, a lot of these discussions that we're having right now, we wouldn't have until, you know, late June, you know, we're having these discussions. It still should be season right now, you know? Right. So there's a lot of things that, <laughs> right. There's a lot of things that can happen from, you know, throughout the summer. So I'm not really jumping to conclusions. You know, you look at roster size and, you know, and you got seniors coming back, you got two freshman classes, pretty much. You got, 
the draft is only five rounds. So you got guys that are going to come back that you didn't expect to come back. You have high school guys that you potentially thought you were going to lose that are now going to come, you know, so you got this bigger. So there's proposals, you know, that are out there that the NCAA might, you know, stretch the limit of roster spots. You know, there's limits to there. There may do it with scholarships as well and going from 27 to 32. So again, if you start jumping to conclusions, start making decisions right now and start doing all these things. And then all of a sudden, you know, come June, you know, all these things happen now, you know, you're, you're, you shouldn't have done it back then, you know? And so we're just being patient. We're just, again, talking to these guys, making sure if we just keep it simple and say, look, we're just going to, you know, let's really concentrate this for the first time. You know, you got, you got your academics right now and there's no baseball. You don't have to be anywhere for baseball. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Yes. You're going to work out at some point today, but again, let's really focus all this time on the academic portion of this thing. Let's keep it really simple right now. Let's not try to overthink everything. Um, and that's how we just kind of been doing it. And again, you could be negative about it. You could be, you know, you could be pissed about decisions that are being made all over with, you know, the NCAA. Hey, I'm, I'm, whatever happens, we're going to figure it out and we're going to do it the right way. And as long as we communicate and, you know, we have our support, you know, from, from the boss man and, and the administrator, hey, we're good to go. We're going to be fine. Coach, speaking of social media, we caught you on Twitch the other day playing uh, Dirtbags <laughs> alum Jeff McNeil in a rousing game of MLB The Show, the video game. And uh, you put up a bit of a fight, but he, he, looked like he, had, he looked like he had practiced a little bit. He, he was taking it pretty seriously, wasn't he? Well, there's, there's, uh, it's very rare that you get a shot at the title. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I mean, it's like fighting Mike Tyson, you know, I mean, every, hey, you might get beat up, but at least you could say you fought him, you know, um, you know, he's one of the best players in this game in the country. You know, he wins those, uh, those MLB, the show tournaments in major league baseball and all those things. So I had to, you know, my boys, I have twin boys, they're 10 years old, you know, and they have that video game. And uh, man, I used to play those kind of games like in college, but I haven't played it in, you know, 20 years. And they, and so we were practicing the, you know, the night before and I was calling my players cause you know, my player Cole joy and, you know, Tanner Carlson, they play the game too. So for the first time I was like online, I didn't even know how to do it. And I had, the, <laughs> had my son's headphones on, you know, <laughs> I was play. I, I like pulled an all nighter the night before to just try to at least, uh, you know, figure it out. But, um, yeah, no, that was pretty fun. I'm so happy he did it. He was awesome. Um, and he, he was he was great. That was a lot of fun. So. Uh, you mentioned Mike Tyson. Handicap for me, where do you have better odds? Getting into the ring with a 53-year-old Mike Tyson or winning a rematch with Jeff? <laughs> well, I think I, I don't have a chance at either of them. But if I had to take, <laughs> my, if I, if I had to take my chance, I, I would take not getting hurt. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, speaking of living legends, um, you know, there's been so much history for the Dirtbags organization. And you were talking about with, with Jeff McNeil, the last thing you said to him on the Twitch was, hey, I want to get you in front of the guys, you know, when, when we can. How important is it for you to have those Dirtbag living legends come back when they're able to, you know, hopefully in the fall, to, uh, to, to speak to your players? Are you always talking about the past when you're talking about the present? Yeah, I mean, we take, we take a lot of pride in, in, and I take a lot of pride in, in what – you know, had this program and the history and tradition of, of everything. And, and again, you know, we go back to the very beginning of this, you know, when I was hired and, and, and I've told, you know, a lot of guys, uh, you know, that 
you know, I get it. You know, this, this program ha has so much pride and it has so much history. Um, and, you know, I, I want to come in here and, and make these guys proud. I mean, I think that's the biggest part of it. I, I take, you know, and I understand, um, and, and, you know, I want to communicate with them and I want to learn the history and I want, and I've tried my best to, you know, to reach out and do that because, you know, I think our guys, uh, they need to know that they need to know the story. They need to know, you know, where this thing all began and, and, uh, and take a lot of pride because, you know, this is a program. I, I, I just love the fact that, you know, there's people that, that care so much about this program. There's fans, you know, there's, there's, uh, people that wear dirtbag shirts and, and they, you know, they have a lot of pride with it. And, and I have a lot of friends that, you know, I grew up with that played here, whether it's guys that I grew up with playing summer ball or, you know, um, um, you know, high school or, or summer leagues or whatever. And then I've, you know, obviously a lot of, of people that I've built relationships since I've been here. And so um, it's been a lot of fun. And, and um, you know, and, I, and obviously the second part of it is I want these guys to know who I am, you know, because again, you know, yeah, I didn't go to school here and didn't play here, but you know, I'm from the area. I have a lot of, you know, that was a, this was a program that when you're in high school, you look up to and because of the style and because of the way they play and the hard nose aspect of it. And, and so, you know, I want that to, I want these guys to be proud of the way we play the game with energy and respecting that and, and respecting the game. And um, so again, I, I want all these guys to come back. You know, I want all these guys to be proud of what we're doing. And, and, um, and that means a lot to me, you know, because again, I get it, you know, I get it. I, I, I was an alum of, so I'm an alum of somewhere as well. And I, and I want, you know, I, I want those things to, to be great. And I, and I understand all of that. And again, um, this is one of the best, uh, you know, baseball programs in the country and, you know, and I, I'm blessed to be here and I'm going to work my butt off to, uh, um, you know, to get this thing and make people proud of Long Beach State Dirtbags. And, and, um, and, and so, yes, I mean, having guys come back and talk to our players about, you know, um, the history, what the, the expectations, you know, what it's good for these guys to hear that it is and to take a lot of pride. And I make sure that I remind them and uh, that, that, you know, the things that they have now, you know, it wasn't like that back then. And it had to be built from something to get it to where it is now. And it's our job to take it to the next level. It's our job to say, okay, you know, let's, they pass the torch to this group. Let's continue to do that and move forward. And that's how it has to be. And, and I think that, you know, when we get everybody on the same page, it's going to be just a lot of fun. And I think we're off to a really good start, you know, and I think that uh, we have to continue to build off of that. I mean, we've created some buzz and that's good, but I think the buzz that's created more than just the winning part of it is the way we play the game and the way the guys have energy and the way we, um, you know, we went about our business, not only on the baseball field, in the community and, and in the classroom. So that's what I'm proud of the most. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and I love, you know, I love being here and I, and I love uh, being a dirtbag. You, uh, you obviously are aware of the reputation of the program and the history and, you know, of how historic and incredible Blair Field is and all that stuff before you got here. But um, what's been something from this last year that surprised you that, that maybe you didn't um, understand until you got on the inside of the program or the city um, that, you know, has been kind of a nice surprise? Yeah, I mean, obviously the history and tradition are, are unbelievable, but you know, I would say the biggest part of it, I mean, you look at the places that I've kind of been as a player and as a coach, you know, when I was at ASU at a high school at Arizona State, I mean, there was a big following there. It was kind of a different following um, there, but we still had a, a good following. And then transfer, transferring to Pepperdine, 
you know, I mean, there was, it was a good baseball program, but again, in Malibu and you don't, you don't get the fan, it's not the fan support. And then the places that I've coached, I mean, you know, St. Mary's college, I mean, not, not, you know, it's small school, not many fans, San Diego state, even, you know, same thing. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it, nice stadium, the whole thing, but again, but coming here, I think uh, when you hear about the fan support, you hear about, you know, the community, you don't really know unless you're into it, you know, and you're in it and you see it and you feel it. And I think that was, I'm not going to say a surprise. I heard, you know, I mean, you see it, you see the stands and you see these things. And, but I mean, man, the community, the backing of it, I mean, um, you can go to a restaurant and they know who you are or players and coaches and you see dirtbag gear, you see all this. And then the fan support at games, not only the, not only just the, the butts in the seats, but I mean, the energy in the crowd and, and the, the cheering and the yelling. And the, I mean, it, it's different, you know, it really is. And it's different than any place that I've ever been, um, you know. And, and so that I would say is the big, and just, uh, just the support has been unbelievable. And so again, not surprised, but definitely just taken to another level for me of how cool this place is and how exciting it is. And, and then, you know, you start, Hey, when you start winning some games, I mean, you saw that thing just being electric, you know, and, and that's the huge advantage when you're playing the type of schedule that we're going to play. And you have Blair Field rocking, man, with people behind you. And, and I mean, it's it's definitely a home field advantage for sure, like no other on the West Coast. Coach, we cannot let you go without talking about the Long Beach GOAT when it comes to baseball. That's Tony Gwynn. It was his birthday the other day. You coached with, uh, with Gwynn down at San Diego State. What was that like? Give us a good Tony Gwynn story. I'm pining for one. Uh, um, yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, definitely missed for sure. And um, it was an honor. You know, I mean, I think for four years, you know, the first year I got there. Now, you have to understand the story. The first year I got there was the first year that he was diagnosed. And so it was four years of, you know, a, a fall or a spring that he was really not around. He was getting treatment and stuff. So we would visit and do those things. And then he would come and, and uh, um, you know, so it was brief times that we were, but I mean, the time that, that we were around him and the time spent, I mean, he just uh, obviously you're around a whole thing. It took me a while to get kind of over the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with, you know, the, the arguably the greatest hitter, you know, ever to play the game. Um, just the knowledge he had was great. I, I would say this. Every, every story you've heard about, you know, Coach Gwynn is absolutely true. When you talk about his character, you talk about, you know, how he was as a person, how he treated people, all of those things are absolutely true 100%. How you know, and I'll, I'll give you a story. And I, and I, I said this story the other day, but, um, uh, you know, we, the one thing he never did, and I was with him for four years is that he never turned away an autograph. You know, I mean, we would be, you know, at, at Tony Gwynn stadium and Sandy, you know, before practice hanging out in his office and a random person would come and knock on the door and ask for his autograph and he would do it. And he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't big league them or anything, but I, I think where I kind of, you know, really saw the character, really knew that that was honest. Well, we went to TCU one weekend and, you know, we were one and one Friday and Saturday. And on the, the Sunday game, we went extra innings and we lost an extra inning game. And it was, uh, you know, it was obviously a, a, a bad loss in the sense that we had these guys on the ropes, we lost. Um, 
you know, everybody's upset. Now we have a long, we have a long evening. We got to shower. We got to change. We got to go from, you know, Fort Worth all the way back to San Diego. And, you know, we're showering and we have time. And so we're going to the, uh, going to the bus and I'm talking at least 150 people waiting at the bus with, I mean, bats and, you know, pictures and this and that of, of coach Gwynn, you know, and here we are, you know, I'm pissed. I want to get, let's just get out of here. You know? I'm, 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 let's get out of here. This is ridiculous. You know, I'm upset about the loss. And so this is the team. So we get in the bus and he's the last one to come out. And he literally stayed there for about an hour and 15 minutes signing every single person's autograph while his team, while his team just lost a Sunday game and lost a series to TCU and he's signing everybody's autograph until the last guy. And the last guy was the security guard that was standing right there that I think he got something from somebody that was standing there. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then he got on the bus and we left and, you know, I'm, yeah, at the time I was probably the most upset person on earth waiting for an hour, you know, for after we just <laughs> lost. But that just goes to show you the type of person he is. And he, you know, he looked at it. I, I bet he looked at it like, hey, these people were waiting. They waited all game and they're waiting for me after to shower, change, get ready on the bus. And, you know, he felt like he owed it to them to, you know, they waited for him and now he's going to take his time and, and, and sign their autograph. And, and you know, he, he's just, that's the type of person he was. He's just an unbelievable person. So he turned 60 and I'm, you know, I'm happy to have a, um, you know, a good relationship with junior and, and uh, you know, we had plans to, to do something, you know, uh, on the Cinco de Mayo that we were playing them here, um, you know, with the, the kind of, uh, um, you know, do something for, for coach Gwynn while they were here. Um, but hopefully we can do that next year. You know, absolutely. Well, that just filled my heart up coach. I appreciate it. Yeah, Good seriously. stuff. As always, thank you for taking the time, stay safe out there and hopefully we'll see you soon, man. Hey, thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. I know we say this every time, but that was just another great interview with another great Long Beach coach and another great story about Tony Gwynn. I, I seriously haven't <laughs> heard a bad one. They're amazing. <laughs> Definitely needed that this week. So as we get into our outro here, another episode of the LB Fee Show, we got to do our recommendations for LB Nation, what people can be doing while they're stuck at home. Uh, it's still streaming season, so, uh, so you can check out the Netflix and the Hulus and stuff like that. But there's also stuff outside. And my recommendation would be go play where? golf. There's stuff where? Yeah, go play golf. The golf courses in Long Beach are all open. There That's are right. a lot of changes. You don't go into the clubhouse. You got to wear a mask. They screwed the pins into the hole so nobody touches it to take the ball out. It's different, but it's still golf, and it's outside, and it's phenomenal. You got to check it out. I played twice this weekend, and I actually think I might go this afternoon as well. <laughs> JJ will not be available for any future episodes of the LVP show. He's, he's, he will be at least 60 hours a week on the golf course. I'll just stand, uh, I'll just stand on the 14 green at Big Rec and turn around so Blair Field's my <laughs> Zoom background. Uh, yeah, I was, I was joking with you guys before we started recording. I do feel like this has transitioned from here's a fun show you'd like to, like, what's your go-to coping mechanism for the crushing weight of society right now? We need it all. Uh, we need it all. Yeah. Mine has definitely been, uh, I'm still taking nightly walks, but I, I've been sleeping a lot more. Uh, the one thing I would recommend, if you've got kids and you're feeling like your kids have watched everything on Disney Plus or Netflix or, or whatever platforms you've got, 
Um, we, we dropped the money to do the rental of the new Trolls movie that since it didn't come out in, um, in theaters, they, did the, they released it streaming. And there's a new Scooby-Doo movie we've talked about on this show as well that's coming out on Friday that was supposed to be, um, my son's been looking forward to it for like five months since the trailer dropped. Uh, and we're, we're going to plop the money down for that too. I think it's like $15 to rent it. Um, but you know, we're get, we've got, it's on a calendar Saturday night. Everyone's looking forward to that. Like that's family movie night. We're going to see a new movie, even though we're not going to be able to go to the movie theater, I'll make popcorn. Um, and we'll get some candy from the store and we'll just try and find a way to kind of make things special, even though it's really just our eighth consecutive Saturday, not playing baseball or covering games or doing all the fun stuff we normally get to do. I love that idea, but Mike, you never miss an opportunity to buy candy, do you? <laughs> It's for a good cause this time. So. <laughs> it's, it's, mental, it's, it's mental health candy, JJ. <laughs> Andy, uh, how about you? What's your recommendation for LB Nation? Well, you know, I'm going to echo a lot of what's been said. I think, um, you know, we were joking earlier about the Zoom calls and all that. And personally, it, it's getting outside and, and, and doing it in an appropriate manner. As, as JJ said, you know, you can golf and it looks different, but you know, like Mike said, simple walks, you know, walk with your, your, your family, spend time outside. I mean, these are things, one, that we probably hardly ever do, or if other people were doing it, I wasn't doing it. I, I didn't make an intentional effort to do those things. And I think as we've all kind of touched upon, you know, my recommendation, if you want to call it, is, is being really thoughtful about how this is affecting us. I think um, you know, it's, it's, you know, as Mike has said before, where in the process of grief are you, you know, have you accepted it, you know, you know, are you embraced the change? And I think we're at that point where it's now not just a novelty about staying inside, so to speak, it's reality and it can be really stressful. And I, you know, I know there's great resources if you go to cbc.gov, um, on, on how to, how to cope, they have some really great ideas on daily life and coping about just the stress and just little things that, that sound really simple, but I, you know, I don't always think about. So, um, you know, as, as corny as it sounds, take care of yourself and your loved ones because now more than ever, they need you. Very well said. Perfect spot to end this episode of the LB Fee Show. Every other week, bringing you Long Beach State information with the one, the only, Andy Fee. So thank you very much to producer Roger, everybody else who helps put this show together, everybody at the562.org, and you, Long Beach, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.